welcome to Diversifying Data. I'm Charlotte Clark. And I'm Rocky Sharma. And today we are here with Kubrick alumni, Amanda Arthur and... And uh, current Kubrick consultant, cloud engineer extraordinaire, Shijo Varghese. <laughs> welcome, guys. <laughs> great, to, great to be here. Thank you so much for coming on the inaugural episode of the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're very excited. And you two are going to make this amazing. We already know. That's so, a lot of pressure. No pressure. <laughs> literally going to be like, right. Um, so it'd be great to kind of get a little bit of, we, we obviously know because we chat to you all the time, but for our, our audience, we'd love to understand a bit about your current jobs, where you're working, job titles and that sort of area. Cool. Um, I can talk a little bit about uh, where I currently work. Basically, I work with a team of engineers that deal with, um, it's a project called Single, single Customer View. Uh, sounds fancy. All it is is basically we update customer like marketing preferences and consent management, that side of things. Uh, but also we have this cool app that so if you've got different um, accounts, uh, they bring all of that together so that you don't get like 100 emails go through. Oh, thank God. Um, right? Thank God. Right. We needed exactly. that. Uh, that is my team, people. Yeah. Uh, so if it goes wrong, it is not my fault. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you just you just outed yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just the DevOps engineer in that team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm a cloud engineer. I'm currently working at asset management company. Um, I'm helping them migrate to the cloud. So moving from an on-prem database into a Azure uh, SQL Server. Amazing. Amazing. How long have you been there? Remind me. Oh, I'm very new. It's it's a month in my into my job. Oh, this is so exciting. So yeah. you're right at the beginning and whereas Amanda, you're sort of Pretty much at the end. Yeah. 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 <laughs> very, very, very I mean that's as diverse as it gets in terms of your experiences if we're gonna dive in. Yeah. Um so I, I was gonna say, in terms of um personally, your journeys, I now we know exactly what what you're doing, but how did you get to this point? How did data become the focus of, of both of your careers i'm really interested to hear from both of you yeah i can i can go first so i did i was in the university of bath and we do a placement year in bath so i originally did accounting and finance and i went into dyson which was a technology company yeah. i was really interested in their tech and i went into the tech company and i really got interested into the data behind everything so i was working with a bunch of um data scientists there. I really liked the fact that we were working with data and we had like tangible results and it really helped people out. So I really got into that side more than the finance side. And luckily yeah. enough, Dyson was such a great company that they let me like uh, do kind of whatever I wanted. And that really got me started into like really lo looking into data. So when I went back to university, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? It's my final year. I need to get a job. Yeah. yeah. Like, like all of us, she <laughs> turned, yeah. And, and I was like, okay, what do I actually enjoy? Do I want to go into audit or finance? And I was like, hmm, I don't particularly enjoy audit. That seems really mind-numbingly dull. I'm sorry for people who do audit. <laughs> and that's when we announce our new audit <laughs> Sponsored by auditors everywhere. <laughs> So uh, then I was, I wanted to do a data science master's. So mm -hmm. I was like, I'll use that as a conversion spot. And I, I only happened to come across Kubrick. I was so lucky that one of my friends, one of my really good friends, he reached out to me and he was like, I did this like uh, data engineering thing. I applied to it. I think it will be perfect for you. And I was like, I was a bit skeptical. I was mm. like, hmm, okay, this, is, this seems weird. I'll, I'll rather just take a master's. Then he really pushed me into it. Then I looked into it and I was like, oh, the training seems really good. I got really interested into training. I was like, oh, this is by people who are experts in their field and they'll teach you up for three months. 
and these are for beginners as well. And I was like, okay, this seems like something I would want to do. And honestly, I didn't apply for many other jobs. I just applied for this one, which is a big risk. All your eggs in one basket. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, that's what I they tell you to do. Do, do not do that. <laughs> I applied to a lot of jobs. Uh, and uh, so I was lucky enough to get through to Kubrick. I did apply to a few masters and I got accepted. And I, I was debating between this on uh, masters and I ended up going with this because I was like, I'll get client experience. Mm -hmm. And um, honestly, it was like really nice to be taught uh, with a group of people together in yeah. a three month cohort. So I, I chose Kubrick <clears throat> and I loved it. Like the training was amazing. I would recommend, I am a biggest, like, I am one of the biggest fans of the Kubrick training. You form such great friendships and you learn so much yeah. as a result. And then they place you on a client. <laughs> so it is their responsibility to get you placed, which is quite nice as well as you being competent. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I guess there's always that aspect too of like down in your journey when you do go perm somewhere, they have the space for you to be able to go do that master's when that time comes. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I, I think I won't do a master's now particularly, but like uh, I think like learning from doing is what I... Hands-on education. And that's yeah. the one, that's yeah. the one. Yes, Marky. <laughs> Coined the phrase. Coined the phrase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Kubrick taught me that because like I like was so he like lost into a problem, and I just do it and do it and do it, and you learn a lot through doing rather than learning the theory, and I really enjoyed that. So, yeah. What about you, Amanda? Um, compared to what you just said, <laughs> um, I mean, I think we have one thing in common, and, I, and I'll get to that. Most yeah. of my education and everything that um, I've done in in those terms, work terms, I've just bumbled along. <laughs> yeah. uh, I did. Um, like a civil engineering degree purely because someone at school told me that girls don't do civil engineering. And I was like, I well, that. I would like to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Turns out got... it's no different. Have you got that rebellious um, side to you that you want to prove a point and prove mm. people wrong? Maybe, maybe it's that, or maybe it's just like, well, why not? Like, yeah. I just got very curious and just like, well, that's a weird thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was rebellious before that. <laughs> that was cool. That was yeah. cool. And yeah, I did civil engineering, did a little bit of teaching and things like that. And then I was helping um, my partner at the time with uh, his master's in computer science. Um, and I just felt like I'd learned so much of it. I was like, I might as well take a master's in computer science too. So as I was doing that, there was just this one module. It was like two months or something. It was the data module there. I absolutely fell in love with it. And I the, I think the real like clincher thing there was that our project was to do with like diversity and how like data, uh, like historical data has biased like different things and how like, I guess mostly like banks and stuff like that can have like discriminatory data that is yeah. then used for like credit um, applications and stuff like that and that got me hooked and it was only two months and I was like I know for this is the first time in my life I've decided I've gone that is my career that I don't know what this thing is called data but mm -hmm. that's what I'm gonna do mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I saw an ad for Kubrick mm -hmm. and it is also the only place I ever <laughs> oh, wow. do not do that wow. I'm telling you do not yeah, do that that's, that's, that's an incredible mystery. incredible stroke of luck <laughs> yeah. for both of you sitting here that's incredible it is the only place I applied to because I was just like uh, I just, I don't know what it was. I think it was most the fact that like, they'll take care of everything for me. Mm. I can be a little bit kind of laid back slash lazy, despite the generally quite high strung, anxious person. Um, and it was the fact that they will train me for four months and it was an intense course. I like that kind of structure. Mm. I know that once I eat this cake, I will know everything to do mm. with this 
you know, everything to do with data. At least that was what's in my head. Everything else is up to me. They're, they've equipped me with the skills that I need kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Loved that and loved that they pay me quite well, am yeah. I allowed to say? Yeah, <laughs> By compared, it is a well-paid uh, thing to do. Uh, and even before the interview, because I'd applied like two or three months before graduating, I was just like, yeah, if I get it, brilliant. If not... I just enjoyed every moment of the interview. I was, it was like going to a theme park for me. Oh, wow. For I've me. never I've, heard any interview being described as going to a theme park. Do you mind, honestly, in, do you mind elaborating slightly honestly, on that? I Thank just you. had so much like fun. A roller coaster? I yeah. know, it was. I mean, I am, this is where I get like very nerdy slash dorky because mm-hmm. like uh, had you had to like, I don't know if it's the same nowadays, but like we had to record ourselves like answering a couple of questions and stuff. And I... Like, I just loved, like, answering those questions, pretending like I'm, like, a newscaster or something. Yeah. I was having, like, a you brilliant... scene behind you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but basically, we had to convince uh, the interviewer and the, the other people that I was interviewing... Um, dictatorship is is a good oh, thing i loved these questions i had oh, one of the questions so good so good and the thing is there was something else about like the government and nhs yeah. and stuff like that so i made like a little twist and i tricked people into agreeing with me that oh. dictatorship is great and i was just like and at the end of it was i think the last 15 minutes was when i was like oh i really want this job that's amazing that you both have had that same excitement rather than thinking Oh God, that is a lot. That is very, very full on for a full, like for a full day of just talking, talking, talking. What about, I mean, what about that excites you? Do you like telling the story? Do you like convincing people in an argument? What what about that side of it speaks to both of you? I think it's like, you can't not be yourself in that situation, right? Right, right. Like if you're awkward about it, it's going to come through. And what you see in the interviewer is that they're not necessarily judging who you are. They're just they're just accepting how you come across and whether yeah. that's acceptable to a client. Yeah. And a lot of the time you don't have to be this cookie cutter person. Yeah. No, I, I found the same as well. I, I try to be unadulteratedly myself. Yeah. And like, if someone accepts me within an interview, like and me being myself, I feel like that's it. I can work at that place. I can be myself. I can be like on the good days, on the bad days, I can be there. And I would really like to work in a place that would accept me for who I am. Yeah. And I would try to use that in the interviews. But for the Kubrick uh, interview, I really liked the question they gave me. It got me to think as well. Mine was like, would video games give you the skill uh, that you need in real life jobs? And I researched that for like two, three days. That's an <laughs> like, I That's really pretty. liked that question. I did like uh, so much like uh, preparation for it. And it was only five minutes in the end, but my like <laughs> speech was like 15 minutes long. <laughs> Like you committed to this. <laughs> I committed. Yeah. That's fascinating. So you've both mentioned a couple of things, uh, in particular that you felt that you were quite accepted at Kubrick and that you could be yourself. Have you noticed that in other, being that you're both career changers in other organisations, or is that something that really drew you to Kubrick? I think my organisation have been really accepting of me. I think it's been really nice to be involved in that. And they really try to make you feel like one of their own. So I've they've been I've been through the socials with them they've been really good to me like I disclosed that I had uh, dyslexia and they've really opened up and like accepted me and like given me all the resources that I need which is really good yeah and do you feel like that's that sort of conversation where you feel quite open to talk about it do you think that you're somewhat of a a, a not a special uh case but in terms of do you feel comfortable vocalizing it or do you see that happening a lot across the board I, th- I think it's a bit of both. I think there's still loads of stigma around being dyslexic, as it were, yeah. within the industry. 
And I, I think especially within a career such as data, it's actually a very good thing. It's right. about not looking at, everyone has weaknesses, right? Yep. But it's looking at what you can deliver and your strengths. And if your strengths outshine your weaknesses, people would want to have you. You need to recognize what your weaknesses are. First of all, recognizing that is a really big thing yeah. for people and people like acknowledge that. But for instance, dyslexia within data works really well. Like I was talking to you guys uh, before, I was saying how dyslexic people can connect the dots is very sporadic it's not linear it's yeah. like bap, 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 bap. and it was and it really helps you draw those connections within data and it tells you helps you express new ideas and new stories that not necessarily like other people might not come come across and it's really good having that kind of person within a team because it's diversity and yeah. like with my finance background you know diversity is the best in terms of like you need to diversify your assets diversify your team like it's really great that's such a brilliant way of tying it together honestly mm. i think that's maybe where <clears throat> other industries need, need to pick up on it is that diversity should be celebrated because everyone's diverse perspective drives innovation forward mm -hmm. if you're still stuck in the same way that you've done things for years and years and years without encouraging that diversity then you don't move forward because mm. everyone's stuck in the same way of doing things that's that's brilliant really mm. good to hear and it loops me back to something actually you'd said amanda about when you were working within the finance banking area and you note notice that area of you know the bias that's inherently ingrained within yeah i wasn't working in it but our uh, university project was to do with like credit mm. um like credit applications how like the historical data had been like kind of can we say corrupted with like discriminatory data? And if you think about it, 50 years ago, there, there are certain things that people believed were true. Yeah. That is completely ridiculous now. Um, and actually, I think it's fairly safe to say that some people still believe in it, but obviously over time that will, that will change. And it did surprise me because right now we're talking about it, right? We're saying like, no, um, you know, have more diverse teams and things like that. But if our data is still that data, are we really progressing? Mm -hmm. Is is anything really happening at all? Um, fair point. I mean, do you, from your experience at Sainsbury's as well, what's your experience been like in terms of encouraging, you know, say you've, you've been very vocal about the data needs to change mm. before we can encourage people to change that and move forward with it. Have you been able to vocalize that within your client? Is that encouraged? That's a really interesting question, actually, because in my first year, I was actually working for a different department, and that was till transactions and customer feedback, which I guess is more has got data that's a little bit more. Um, I guess I could see it a little bit more than I could, you know, customer data uh, than I can now. Um, and yeah, I think the the time that it actually hit me the most was during COVID because I actually suffer from like an eating disorder mm -hmm. and no one's ever quite heard of this. It's um, it's called ARFID. It's like avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. Mm -hmm. And it's quite particular. Uh, what that means is that so people with eating disorders, especially when you're not allowed to buy so many of one thing or something like that, we have this thing called safe foods and that can sometimes only be bought from certain places that we're only comfortable with or certain foods that we're comfortable with. And on, on a bad day, even those foods are no good. Yeah. Um, and I remember like being faced with this, looking at this data of all these people buying off things and, and things. Like, I don't know, I don't know if you remember that picture of like this elderly gentleman stood by like empty shelves and things yes. like that. Oh God, that was um, That's when it really came, like when I came face to face with it and I was saying, look, we have this data. We know what people are buying. We know that people, what people want more. It's already here. We could just loop it back into the system and try and get, um, you know, more of that particular thing, or at least have a system in place. Uh, but to be fair, 
I was a junior engineer at the time. People had already thought of this before I'd even, <laughs> before I connected the dots. So I can't say that I'd brought it up or anything like that, but I could see that things were getting done within this oh, kind that's of stuff. brilliant. Which is amazing, yeah. Sainsbury's have actually, um, quite recently, I saw that they've implemented uh, quiet hours as well. So they dim the lights, no music in the mornings. I think it's Saturday I saw from, or well, my local one at least, from 8 till 10, which I thought was incredible for people who are more neurodivergent and who do want a less sensory invasive environment. Mm. I think, yeah, I, I spotted that a, a little while back as well. I, I was really confused when I walked into the store when that happened. I was a bit like, I feel very alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I just broken here? Yeah, but that, no, that's that's really great. And I think more businesses should, especially when they're public facing and customer facing, you've got to accommodate for people across the board now. So speak to me more about, I guess, how much customer facing data you're working with currently. Well, I've, I have to disclose, I've only been here for like yeah, one yeah, month. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> so like customer facing data, I think we're serving the sales team. Uh, so it's data that uh, our customers are using that can help the sales team generate insights. Yeah. So that can be more valuable for them when they go into like uh, meetings and so on. So I don't think we're facing too much customer facing data as it were, because it's more like, yeah. Financial. Yeah, 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 completely understand. Um. So if you were going to say. I was going to say, it's something that really comes through for both of you is you're so incredibly passionate about diversity and you've had your own lived experiences in different areas. I guess, why is it that diversity and inclusion is important to you? Why has it become such a prominent feature for your lives? Um, I think for me, so over the last couple of years, I've been going through a real like looking inwards kind of journey mm -hmm. for myself. Um, because before that, like if I drew out a timeline for myself, I could pick out all the bad things that's ever happened to me. And the ways I've been discriminated, the ways I've been tr treated and things like that. And that's fair. That's part of my life. But on the flip side, I never looked at the little girl that went through all of that, like just um, suffered through all of that, but also quietly went along and decided, you know what, this isn't a safe place. I'm going to move to a different country altogether away from my parents, going to find structure somewhere else, going to move again, yeah. going to move. You know what I mean? I'm going to find a place that's happy. That's for me. And that's that's become almost like uh, my purpose, I suppose. Um, I know for a fact that I'm maybe, unfortunately, in the next 10, 50 years, we're not going to wipe it out. We're not going to wipe out like discrimination and things like that. But I want to be able to offer people some hope to say that actually no, you can take control of it. You can f turn over a new leaf. You can flip it around. You've become such a strong, resilient person over time. Mm -hmm. You just appreciate what your brain does for you. A 10-year-old doesn't know that, oh, I need to be strong at this point. A 40-year-old person doesn't know that I need to be strong at this point. But the fact that my brain just went, you know what? That's a bad memory. Let's just switch it off until you're 23. Mm. And then you can get therapy. Yeah. <laughs> that is just like a, you know, who, yeah. who does that? And for me, the moment that I realized that, I just broke. And I was just like, I have been complaining for the last 20, 30 years of my life, thinking it's all been horrible, when in fact this little girl has just been sharpened and sharpened and growing stronger and stronger. And then I look at, like, I used to be a teacher for a little while, and I look at, like, some of the young kids that I used to teach, and I think, oh, my God, these these girls and boys are going to turn into, Im like, unimaginably incredible people. And someone or people just need to let them know that it's going to happen Yeah. and just make that visible for them. I think that there is enough being done at schools to encourage that diverse um, that diversity of skill sets, you know, encouraging people to say, you've all got unique skill sets and 
for example, data being an area that is becoming more and more inclusive and encouraging of different perspectives. In your experience as a teacher, did you did you ever see that? Did you personally encourage it? Oh, I love this question. I think um, my uh, from my experience a few years back, I would say no, um, purely because I guess we're all learning, right? Yeah. We're, we're still figuring it out, exactly. and you're always gonna it's that loop. You're always gonna get more data, and you're gonna learn more. However, did you know that like so? I was doing like research on like loneliness among eighteen to twenty four year olds, mm -hmm. and turns out the most recent, like actually no, the latest, the last. The earliest data that we have of that is from 2008. So before then, there was no loneliness between 18 to 24 olds, were they? So no. 12 years ago. Yeah, That's exactly. Exactly. So, so, sorry, loneliness? What, what? So loneliness among 18 to 25 year olds, like how often they felt lonely, the causes of loneliness among that particular age group. Oh, okay. It had only been, and I imagine maybe that came up because of like, internet phones yeah. and things like that but no one really looked before that people people might have been feeling yeah. lonely you know that kind of stuff and another thing as well you know and I think you might have touched on this is that it's it's not just about educating the kids I guess it's a little bit about educating the teachers as well yeah. uh, or just opening their minds a little bit like to be I think to have like sustainability within like offering equality and diversity you require this kind of I would say unique mindset where you're like, I'm going to grow no matter what. I'm, yeah. I'm going to learn something in any interaction. Yeah. I'm going to learn something or both of us are going to learn something. Yeah. I think that's a great mindset to like right? go through any conversation. Like, makes makes a You're both going to change your opinions by like giving your opinion and the other person's opinion. You result at the end of the conversation both changed as a result yeah and that's really great yeah and yeah. you've grown together almost and that's what like unity yeah. that's what it's all about right yeah, exactly and uh, encouraging different opinions i think like you've uh -huh. said and the listening to people's opinions yeah. i think has changed industries hopefully continuing to do so dramatically i think where opinions are encouraged and not shut down a mm. lot of the time because you come from a different background or you you know you haven't got as much experience as this person so your opinion's not valued you know encouraging people's opinions no matter where they come from or how much experience they have i think that speaks quite nicely to the fact that we can all grow a little bit from absolutely that. Mm -hmm. and it also avoids this i don't know if any of you guys have like experienced this but like you know how like some things just turn into chance like it's okay not to be okay or like it, it's you know you can be yourself at work you know like at some point when you hear it all the time you just think oh not this again mm -hmm. but yeah. when you have that kind of mindset it makes sense it's a like mindset. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So yeah, that's felt like that. That's what I learned like a few days ago. So I felt like oh, <laughs> put that in there. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. How about you, Shijo, with looking at why diversity and inclusion is important to you? Uh, I think I think why it's important to me is uh, I think like like yourself, I I had a period of time like two years ago that I really like went introspective that where I started like thinking about it and I. I was when I was working in Dyson. It, it was really strange. I was like, I don't see many people like myself within within the company. And I was, it was just my first time working in the workplace. And I was like, I do I feel comfortable like being myself, my authentic self, yeah. and feel accepted? And it's I I started really thinking about diversity diversity and inclusion in that in from that point onwards. And I, I really want to encourage everyone to be their se themselves, like unadulteratedly themselves. And like, uh, and I think that's really good. I think once everyone is comfortable being themselves, then they can all achieve to the best that they can and they can all succeed together. And I, I really, I really want that to be like, 
fun, as it were, like mm. uh, within a workplace when everyone's, you know, comfortable. So I really respect that in that kind of sense. Yeah. I mean, actually, that's a really interesting point that you've brought fun into it. Do you think that diversity and inclusion has become the quote unquote buzzword and and it's become such a serious topic but really it is just like you've said encouraging everyone to be themselves mm -hmm. and that's a fun thing to bring yeah, that exactly. together absolutely 100 percent. yeah it has become almost a scary word now yeah. hasn't it it's yeah. almost like you need you that can't. quota yeah, you need yeah. that like diversity exactly. inclusion it's just yeah. even even things like you can't use the word girl and you mm -hmm. have to use like folks and stuff instead i i just think like it it's much more fun than that like you look at someone and you go wow she's got a story behind exactly. her exactly and you want to know more about that person story. you're Individual. like oh wow it's not exactly. a cookie cutter person no. yeah. they have flaws they have strengths yeah. you want to know more about that person yeah. and it makes you feel better as a result you know know more about culture right. how they how they grew up like you were saying their individual story what made them what they are and maybe you can learn something from it absolutely you couldn't paint it with colors it's it's like the and and i would actually uh, like maybe stress more on like what she just said i think once you start uh, raise that level of like self awareness you just start seeing beauty in other people exactly. as well you yeah. just be like oh my god this is me yeah. oh my god she's doing that that's amazing or yeah. he's doing this or like how, why does he feel that way? Yeah. Why is this? It yeah. just like opens your mind to like yeah. supporting other people is incredible. It's really good. Like yeah. feeling supported and supporting other people. It's, I just love that feeling. Yeah. So I guess a really good um, question to come in with now would be what could we as an industry, the data and technology industry do to facilitate and foster a more inclusive environment that makes people from various backgrounds feel like they want to be a part of it and feel like they can be a part of it. To be a part of the data Data and tech. Much like how you said where, you know, you were told, no, you don't get to go to show a girl. Don't do that. Don't tell them they can't do it. Or maybe do. You end up with someone like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, think, uh, I think maybe I'd go with the same. I'd say, like, encourage people to find their own purpose first mm -hmm. if, that, if you want a more sustainable yeah. way. Exactly. Like, ask them to look inside because yeah. a lot of the time your actions kind of align with your thoughts yeah. and if your thoughts are something else and when you come into work you're like oh my, my work says we have to be diverse and things like that yeah. at the end of the day no matter what you do your your actions are gonna you know work yeah. on that um so i i guess encourage and people love hearing about themselves people like yeah. talking about themselves even yeah. in their own be, head be prepared to be surprised from mm. an individual you, you might not know what they have and mm. it's just incredible you know like yeah you can learn from everyone yeah Absolutely. and yeah. in terms of i guess data and, and that tech industry mm. What do you think that people are maybe scared of or they don't know about the industry that you can touch on having come through the Kubrick training, are involved in data and technology, have said that it is for everyone to get involved in? You know, it's an inclusive industry. Um, what can you say that you've learned about data and tech that you didn't know before? Can I take? Can I, yes. <laughs> I think, uh, and this is one thing that kind of irks me from time to time. So people always think like, if you want to work in data, if you want to work in software, you need to be this like genius. Mm. People have like normal conversations yeah. with me and they're like, how are you working at all? <laughs> yeah. uh, how did you used to be a teacher? And all of that, because honestly, it's not uh, like you have to be great at science and maths. You just, it's, it's funny. You just yeah. have to be yourself because you bring something that there, we can't record in data itself right now. We don't have that much computer, <laughs> yet, right? No, no your your brain, exactly, yeah. You bring something that's just unrecordable. So just be yourself and come, stop. You know, I, I always think like fear comes from like ignorance really. So yeah. remove the ignorance, like start exactly. le learning things. And 
One thing I would say, stop saying you can't do something. Say you don't yeah. want to do something. It brings it more into your... Yeah. You, you don't want to do software? Fair enough. But don't say you can't do it because the truth is you absolutely can if yeah. you want to. Right. I, I would add to that saying, like, one thing I learned is failing. Like, I can fail very well now. And I'm very <laughs> I proud love to say that. that. Yes. I failed, like, you fail in so many different ways that yeah. you learn everything from that failure. Right. Like, from writing code, for example, there are so many errors. Oh, I, my God. I, it is the bane of my existence. <laughs> but that you will never get something perfect, yeah. right? Like, yeah, you, yeah. I, there's so many ways that frustrate me and I failed. And being prepared for those failures because they're the ones that really help you. So I guess we've heard a bit about where you came from and especially what got you to this place, whether that's two years into your journey or one month into your journey. But what do you both see for your future? What are your ambitions? Oh, come on. Oh, come on, <laughs> on the spot. This is where I look at my phone because I wrote this down. Uh, oh, I'm so excited. Uh, oh, please, please no. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I personally am like quite keen on like human computer interaction, that mm -hmm. side of things. Um, uh, I'd like to kind of flip it back. You know, I, I don't I forget. Uh, I think the Netflix show was like Social Dilemma. Have you oh, guys yeah, seen I've it? Yeah, I've seen that. That's scary. Right? Yeah. I know. I, I also think the orchestra was a little bit dramatic. Still. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like the Facebook leaks that happened as well, yeah. there's like. It is. Yeah. But the part that really caught my attention is, you know, back in the day when the internet was actually a tool for human use and now it's flipped where we've become the goods for yeah. the internet with the companies exactly. and things like that. I would like to kind of venture, maybe go back to go forward a little bit and see if we can be a tool for good rather than using these people or using humans yeah. as goods kind of thing. Um, I am quite stubborn, so I <laughs> am trying to think of uh, a way of not using historical data. So I would like to use just maybe your username, um, not even your date of birth and see if I can build some kind of models and things like that that way. It will take time. I don't know what it will lead me to, but my main like focuses would just be like human interaction, maybe mutual respect and mental health has always been like a mm -hmm. theme so maybe that will be there as well but I think it's more the fact that I'm just stubborn I'm like I will not use historical data because it's all corrupt and it's all bad <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's that's what I see in my future because yeah, that's that's right, I'm quite a bit newer to this career path right now my my main area of focus is developing my skills getting that tech stack and it's just working on projects side 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 hustles or like projects like small Python projects or something yeah. with friends and stuff that like help out a lot to enable my learning. Maybe like in like in terms of what industry I want to go into, I'm, uh, I'm not too sure yet. So and whatever I say, I might change in like <laughs> a month's time or two months time. Whatever my, the tools that I have, you know, in a way using that to help other people is what I want to go into. And that's the beauty of it is because you are so different in your in your journey. Manda, you've obviously really thought this through and had time because you've had the two years to, to really hone your skills and you're still very new. You're I just going graduated. To, you're Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, no, she joked, answer the question, what do you see yeah. for your future immediately? <laughs> the next five years. But it's brilliant to see that that's probably where you're going to get to. Oh, that's yeah. really, Sorry. really... This is my future. <laughs> no, I love it. It's looking great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, this is the brilliance of it is that you, you can see such different perspectives and you've already gained so much from listening to that experience. Yeah. We've gained so much from yeah. listening to both of your stories. I may be a consultant the next time you guys come on the podcast. 
podcast. Ooh. I think you might have inspired me down that route. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, God, I'm going to have to host this by myself. You know, <laughs> <laughs> other we can interview each other. That's yeah. brilliant. brilliant. So we are coming to the end of our time together, unfortunately. But I think I can speak for all of our audience that they're going to want to know about your journeys moving forward and mm. keep in touch with you. So is there any, do you have a LinkedIn, a GitHub, a Slack or anywhere that they can connect with you? Uh, I do have LinkedIn. Uh, I do have GitHub. Don't look at it because there's no projects on there right <laughs> now. <laughs> like, I have I'm, a very similar <laughs> GitHub. It's, like, it's just basically me downloading like other Python <laughs> projects and being like, I could improve that and then yeah. never improve it. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, just like half done pieces of work. It's same, just like, oh, same. Same. It's like shame. tutorials of Terraform. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely do have GitHub. And actually, yeah, if people do add me on there, maybe it will push me to do more stuff. Why are you over here? GitHub. Uh, LinkedIn. I think those two are the main ways to get a hold of me or maybe contact one of you guys because I imagine yep. I'll be staying in touch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to be definitely going to be following you on LinkedIn. Thank uh-huh. you. Okay. I'm going to plug as well my LinkedIn and my IG. <laughs> 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 yeah, we'll, we'll no, not my code. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, gosh. Brilliant. Well, it has been absolutely fantastic having you on today. Before we let you go, is there any parting messages you'd like to leave with our audience? Oh, this this is tricky. Come on. This is hard. Yeah. Uh, Mm. I made something up this morning. Mm, Wow, with the color-coded. I see the color-coded notes as well. I just like color, to be honest. Okay, guys, play it down. (laughs) 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 No, I was just going to say, you know how they say, like, knowledge is power? Um, and I was uh, listening to an audiobook and I was thinking, actually, no, knowledge isn't really power. Knowledge is just beautiful. The application of knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. So, but, like, right now, what you guys are doing is like spreading awareness and things like that. That's beautiful. You're going to hopefully meet more people like us and it's going to mm-hmm. get better and better. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, people will see how, how amazingly beautiful diversity is. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we do with it, what, how you inspire other people to take action. That's powerful. And I think at the end, the end goal, like when I think of it right now, I just think actually things are going to get so much better to how it was five, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And that little girl in me is just like, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you can do it. Yeah. I think you just gave us our teaser for the intro to this. Exactly. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, there's nothing else been said what that's going to talk about. Brilliant. That was brilliant. That was the goal. That was. Drop the mic at that point. Yeah. <laughs> well, tough act to follow. But yeah, that's a very tough act to follow. Um, <laughs> Same. Um, uh, I just want to, like, encourage people to be themselves, to, to see... Like if someone is like different and they're like a bit nervous about getting into the corporate world, say it's not very scary. It's just like be uh, ready to ask for help. Like I would ask for help and question. If you have questions, there is no stupid questions. Like ask questions as my, I, I ask questions all the time. If I'm the stupidest person in a room, I'm in the right room. If I, yeah. <laughs> if I, I love that. Uh, so if yeah, if I'm the smartest person in the room, I will get out. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, my, time but here my time here is done. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. But yeah, that's all I can say. Yeah. But it's been brilliant having you on today. Thank you so much for coming in and giving us your time, sharing your insights. Thanks for having us. This Thank has you been guys. diversifying data, and we will see you next time.